0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. Up until now, I've been a podcast series virgin. All of that? has changed now because for several months, I've been working hard behind the scenes with incredible godly men from all over the United States. I even slid into DMs to ask guys, beg some of them to be on my podcast. All for you, ladies. That's how much I care about you. Why did I do that? because I've been compiling the top questions you have been sending me about men and dating for over a year now. Everything from where are all the single men to does he know if I have a crush on him to are guys intimidated by strong women to pretty much everything in between. I figured, you know what, I could answer them, but why not go straight to the source and ask the men? So that's exactly what I did. So welcome to the very first Refined Collective podcast series that I have done. It's all about the dudes. I will be rolling out this series of interviews over the next month that I hosted with some of the most solid married and single godly men in the U.S. So get your notepads and journals out, ladies. We are having some real talk and I have a feeling you are going to be encouraged, challenged, inspired just as I have been through these conversations. So let's dive in. Hey friend, I'm so glad you're here listening to my podcast, The Refined Collective. This is Kat Harris. I hope you're having a great day. I'm just really, really glad and grateful that you're here. You are joining the middle of a podcast series I'm doing right now called The Dudes Series, where I have interviewed single and married men from all over the U.S., asking them some of the top questions that I've gotten from women over the last year or so. I figured I could answer them, or I could just go straight to the source and ask some really legit dudes. So, If you haven't caught up on the other episodes, be sure and do that. Episode 50 with Jamal Miller, the number one reason he's not asking you out. Episode 51 with Jared Nickerson, how to let him know you're interested without feeling like you're taking the reins. And episode 52 with Ben Stewart, can men and women be just friends? Now, today's episode is really special. I'm talking with worship pastor from Passion City Church, Atlanta, Jeff Johnson. He's with us, and we're talking about how to create a culture of honor in dating. And there's three things that really stood out to me about this episode. First and foremost, Jeff's love story with his wife, Jordan, is really unique, y'all. They dated off and on for 10 years, which in Christian years is like an eternity. And what I love about their story is it's not cookie cutter at all, and this reality that love can look different for different people. And that's okay. I think we can get really stuck in thinking it has to follow this formula. And I love that Jeff and Jordan's story just burst that little bubble for us next, he shares what some of the biggest fears guys have in relationships are. And if there's anything I'm learning throughout all these interviews, especially this one, it's that guys have just as many insecurities as we do, ladies. And it would do us well if we extended a little more grace and compassion to the men in our lives. And lastly, Jeff and I talk about pornography and what to do when or if the guy that you're with shares with you that he struggles in this area. Jeff is super humble, honest, and has such great insight. So let's dive into this episode. Wait, guys, I have one more thing before we jump into this episode. If you have enjoyed the Refine Collective podcast, whether this is the first time you're listening or the 52nd time you're listening. I'm so glad you're here. Would you go to iTunes, search the Refine Collective, and subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a five star rating? Hello, and a written review. This would mean so much to us because it really helps us get our name out there. The more ratings and subscribes and reviews we get, the easier it is for new people to find us. Um, a recent review that we got this week from Annie. Says this, there are so many truth bombs in this podcast. I find myself shouting things like preach and oh shoot. In all seriousness, though, I so appreciate Kat's willingness to go to the places we all need to go so that we will take a hard look at ourselves and choose to do the hard thing but the right thing. I have become a much more self aware person because of this podcast. So thanks, Kat. Thank you, Annie, for sharing your heart and being such an encouragement to myself and my team. And so, friend. I would love to invite you, go to their find Collective on iTunes, subscribe to us, leave us a rating, and I would love to read your written review on my upcoming podcast episodes. What's up, Jeff?
1: Hi.
0: How's it going? It's going good. How's life in ATL?
1: It is busy and uh, yeah. very awesome. Lots of good things happening at our church um, here at Free yeah. Church and constantly on the move but uh, it is really good stuff
0: and you you and Jordan have two of the cutest kiddos ever and they have this like crazy mixture of looking I feel like they look exactly like both of you
1: yes everybody <laughs> that. but everybody also says our son looks like a mini me of me so um, it's, it's, it's true pretty it's pretty crazy
0: and does um, does he have your personality?
1: Um, He does. He's very sensitive. He cries a lot. (laughs) And and then our girl is like, she's she's three. He's five. But so she's Mm -hmm. the other one. But she is super confident and like just always cool. Like just gonna go with it. Like Jordan. And so yeah, we're. It's kind of sad. I'm kind of sad for our boy that he got my personality.
0: Now I feel like the big question is, do your kids like Reba McIntyre?
1: Oh, I mean, <laughs> I have not actually given them the greatness yet. They're not old enough to handle that yet. Like, they need.
0: They're to- too young for fancy.
1: Yeah. It's going to be like when they turn 13, when they become a. Teen, <laughs> it's going to be like the hello, welcome to the in world.
0: Instead of like a bar mitzvah, they're going to have like a Reba party, <laughs> like a coming fancy, of age.
1: A fancy party. That's right. <laughs>
0: yes. They're like, what does it mean? Yeah. Well,
1: daddy knows you don't.
0: <laughs> oh. One of my like. First distinct memories of you and I like remember you and Jordan. So, contacts for you listening. I'm from Dallas, and we went to the same church. But I was like in college, and you guys were like on tour doing worship leader stuff. Yeah. So I remember you guys like being around here and there, but I didn't really know you. And then a few years ago, Jordan was leading worship at a women's conference that I was speaking at, and you were there. Yeah. And. Week. I my like most distinct memory of you is like belting out Reba McIntyre all night.
1: Well, I really enjoyed that week because I had <laughs> responsibilities and I was more just the entertainer with the women's mm. conference and getting to hang out with everybody. So that was fun for me.
0: You're the hype guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm so excited to dig into these questions, and um, I feel like your story with. Jordan is so interesting and unique. So I'm just excited to dive into that. So I figured the first question that I want to ask you is, do guys develop attraction over time or does it have to be there from the get-go? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, we're
1: in it. Uh, yeah, I think like, so just context, Jordan and I dated 10 years. And so we had three major breakups over those 10 years um the significant one was at year eight we broke up for two years after a eight years um off and on and then we got back together and got married uh, right when we got back together but um all that to say i mean jordan and i's relationship has looked very different than a lot of relationships and i think the thing that i have um my attraction for jordan yes i think she's beautiful and like that's that's that was like an initial like I thought Jordan was very beautiful. So I think that's very important to to see that. But honestly, like over the years, there's certain things and characteristics of hers that that made me more attracted to her. For example, when we would break up, um, Jordan knew everything about my life because we went really deep. I mean, we were best of friends and super close. And even though we broke up, I think the turning point for me, just another level of attraction for Jordan and just seeing her in a different light was after we had been broke up the those last two years and we got back together and I was talking to one of her closest girlfriends, I referenced something that I had struggled through and walked through and she didn't know anything about it. And it made and I was like, wait, Jordan never talked about that. And what I realized in that moment was Jordan's character like she had, she knew that like, that was my information to share, not hers. Mm. And she had every right to like destroy me, speak bad about me. And mm. that girl like did not say anything and, and held my story to my, to, for me. And what I say that because when talking about attraction, yes, I think it's physical, but then I think like, there's a, something to be said for a girl who is going to, her character speaks louder than like her beauty to me. Mm -hmm. I I mean, Jordan and I are going to get old. We're going to, our looks are not going to be there. It's like, (laughs) we're going to like, all that's going to change. And so for me, when I was thinking about who do I want to like tether my life to for for Mm forever, there's just somebody like that with that kind of character that I'm like, that is attractive to me. That's Mm -hmm. like made me go, all right, like I've been an idiot. Like this is, she's, we've had this time and God has proven with her that she is like, trustworthy amazing and her character is insane and so like mm. that for me like that that was so much more attractive than like I mean at the end of the day like more attractive than her beauty of going this girl I want to be with her forever because of that not just because mm. she, um and, and, and I needed to see that in our relationship like I needed to to walk some hard things with her to get there
0: and what were those two years like When you were apart, like, were you guys dating other people? Was it like, were you guys in like communication? Was it like, we're done for good? And then what was that like? This is probably where we could talk forever
1: because I was like the guy who like, well, so we broke up after year eight. And when we broke up, I was in my mind, I'm like, I just need to work on some things. Like I need to get some things right in my life. I need to, and, and she does too. And so when, when we do that, like, we'll get back together. Well, I was just an idiot because Jordan is like, we've dated eight years. I have to like, let go of this. Like I have to move on. Mm -hmm. So Jordan moved on and she started dating another guy and dated him for a while. And, um, but even in that she was respectful and like, this may be weird for some to hear, but like she called me and said, Hey, I just want you to know, like you're leading worship this weekend at our church. The guy's on staff. I don't want you to find out and be thrown into that right before you step up to lead people in worship. So like, she was always respectful of that. And that was not like a way for her to be like, hey, do you still interested? Because I'm going to date this guy. It was like, just respect. But she dated this guy and and I took a girl out a couple times and it it, it wasn't really dating, but like, we just kind of like started moving our own way. The the way that that worked though, those those two years, what God did was, I think we had to, I, I know for me, I had to get to the place where... I was not trying to modify my behaviors for Jordan because that would never last. I, w- I knew that what those two years were was God saying to me, like, you've got to get where everything you're doing is for- to please me, not to please Jordan. Because if you're if, if I'm looking to him as like the author of my life and the one who can do anything in my life and, and like that's that's the one that's the most valuable relationship. I needed to really look at that and go, okay, like everything that I'm, uh, every struggle, every sin, everything that I'm trying to work through needs to be about God and me being going, okay, like I want to do the best I can for, for God, not because not for Jordan, because if I do it for Jordan, she's always going to let me down. I'm going to let her down because we're just human. So like I needed to work towards that being the ultimate in, in my life of, you know, correcting and doing what I needed to do with where I was at that moment. But Um, it was a lot of refining and a lot of getting to the place of like, okay, like if I'm single for a while more or forever, who knows if I, if this doesn't work out, like I'm going to be fine because God and I are good. Like I know for her, she had, she came to that realization too. In those two years, it was like for her just going, Hey, I'm, I've let him go. I've let him go. He's, and, and and I'm just gonna like focus on my relationship with the Lord and see Him as enough and see that He is a perfect Father who loves me and I'm I can rest in that and I don't need to worry about where He's at or what He's doing. But she had to get to that point and that relationship so much stronger when we when we got back together. It, we weren't looking at each other going, "Hey, like please don't do that for me or don't do," you know. It, we had a different base to walk in on after years. Mm-hmm. So those, those were really defining years for us.
0: And so what was the breaking point? Like, how did you get back together?
1: Yeah. Well, it was just really, uh, the, just the way that it happened was um, just the Lord's timing. After two years, she started moving on, leading worship on her own with her band. And she uh, and I was doing the same. And we were, we were booked in Oklahoma at the same, like a couple blocks down the street at two different churches. And our bands were friends. Oh, man. And so our bands were, like, connect communicating. They're, like, hey, we want to see you. Let's hang out. But I don't know about Jeff and Jordan. And so, like, then they, like, texted us and said, hey, would y'all be cool if we got together? And at that point, we were just, like, we felt really good. Both of us, like, later when we talked about we are like, we felt really good on the fact of, like, okay, like, it, it's fine to see her. Like, we hadn't seen each other a whole lot. But, like, it was, like, it's going to be fine. Like, our bands are all there. It's just a quick lunch. Like, we're grabbing lunch all together. hmm and so we got together and I walked out of that lunch and I got back in the van and we started driving back to Texas with my guys. And I was like, at that point, all the band had walked through everything. They'd been so involved. And they were like, I just said, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, that I, that's the girl that I want to be with. Like I, I, what am I, it was like a light bulb came on and we were driving home and I was like, I've got to like reach out and talk to her again. I've got to like step back in because there's no one ever that's going to be as great as her. And I just need to like mm. do this. And so I ended up um, texting her and asking her if we could meet up. She was pretty frustrated because she thought that that was meant, oh gosh, something went wrong over the, the that lunch or like, Hey, let's talk about, let's talk more about why we, the way we actually, she was like, I don't, I, she did not want to talk. She mm-hmm. was like, I'll meet with you at Starbucks. Let's go sit together. And we did. And I got to walk in and say, Hey, like, I've, I know I've led you through a lot of heartache. I know that like your fam- family has lost trust in me. I know that I've ruined a lot over the last 10 years, but I'm telling you that God has done a miracle in my life. And I want you to know that like, I want to be with you. And, I'm, and, and that means marriage. Like I defined it right away. So it wasn't another like ambiguous, like, okay, how much longer then would we like be doing this dating thing? There was no more dating to be done because we knew everything about each other at that point. And so we just stepped back in, and it took her about two weeks later when she got back from a trip and called me and said, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to talk, and let's meet up. And then six months later, we were married. So, Wow. But she needed to see that I was a very different person. Like mm-hmm. She needed to see that because I had really like not led our relationship well at all for the year.
0: And how did you show that to her? Like, cause I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround time of showing her like proving or I don't know what you were doing, but like, can, maybe you can give like a couple like specific examples of what it meant. I think what I heard in what you just said is you are super clear from that first date. Like I am looking to, for marriage here with you, but, um, what are some other things? Yeah. During that time
1: sure being intentional like was the biggest thing because up to that point it had been a lot of like let date have fun like we were best friends like hanging out all the time and it was like I just like I don't I, the marriage thing was like I didn't really want to step into that now through counseling and a lot of other things later I realized that I had like that case for like came out of a lot of like for me uh never having seen like a marriage modeled really really well that I wanted to be in one mm. and I learned that and then kind of step into some look at some different marriages that were like, this is a really great, healthy thing. Like the guys, the, the girl's not dominating the guy. Like, cause that had been like a, like a thing for me. Like I was like in marriage, like I just dominate the girl and the guy just kind of like submits to the, the wife. Like those are the examples that I had. So like I needed, I had worked through all that, but just being intentional with her and saying like, Hey, I want to, I do want to be married. And, um, other things like I just, a lot of things that I had put into place that I had not before that were, the guys around me, the community of guys around me, like my band, I had opened up and shared everything with the guys that I was walking closely with, which I think is crucial for a guy in a relationship Mm. um, because he can't be looking at his girlfriend, wife, whatever, as the end all say all, like we need community. God designed us for community. And so like having guys around me that knew all of my struggles and my issues and were, and were the ones pushing me, You know, so that Jordan knew that when, if, if something went bad, I didn't, I had people around me that were going to like push me and like be a, be a safe place for me to talk about. And that was different. So she saw that she thought, Oh, this now Jeff has like these guys and this community around him. Um, I had gone to counseling for a lot of that. And that was just another way of showing her like, Hey, like I'm humbling myself. I'm not too good to like say, I don't need to be worked on because Mm -hmm. I knew that I had a lot of issues to work through and I knew I needed help with that. So like, Mm -hmm. um, I had gone to a counselor and she, she saw that and then really just like, I mean, the biggest thing that overall of it was just being intentional with talking to her about what my, what, where we were heading. And a lot of guys are, there's guys that I know that are really great with that from the beginning. They're like, Hey, like, Hey, I'm going to take you out. This is just a date. Like I'm not, this is, let's just get to know each other and Mm then like, but communicating that I just wasn't that guy. I had not had that model for me. I didn't have any examples of that. So I was just like, fine for the ride. It was like, what are we doing? You know, like mm. so that, that was the difference when we got back together after that eight years and when we started talking our 10 years, but yeah. So I think those are some things that changed.
0: Yeah. So I think when you, when you're talking about that communication piece, like that really stands out to me, like the being intentional and, I think you hit on something really interesting. You said like you had never seen that or that had, you hadn't been taught that. And I hear this energy and attitude from a lot of women of like this, almost this like entitlement of like, why won't he just man up? Like, why won't he lead me? And this, this demand that I can only imagine feels like really demotivating to hear as a guy or emasculating or painful. And I think as a woman, yeah, I want to be communicated with, but if that's not worth, what if he hasn't learned that? What would you say to a girl, like dating a guy, like maybe that hasn't been his background. Maybe he hasn't had someone show him like, oh, here's how you be clear with a girl. Like, would you say you should not date that guy then? Or yeah. what does it look like to have a conversation about that? Um, yeah. what, would you, what would you say into that situation? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say just for a girl to hear, guys, I think a lot of girls might already hear this and know this, but like guys, their number one thing is they want to feel respected. They want to feel like respected and like they uh, carry weight in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot, and this is in no way an excuse for guys, but I, because every guy needs to man up and, and, and step into a relationship and actually like learn how to be the man in the relationship. But I do would I would want girls to remember this is that guys are wounded. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that their dads were not leading them the best way and teaching them growing up. And it's, it isn't their fault, but like they still need to like figure that out and step into their role as as a and as a husband and as a leader of a family. But I would say that because I would want girls to hear, hey, remember that you're dealing with a wounded person. So where you're you're wanting them to like fulfill your needs and give you everything and be intentional and all that, like there needs to be this tug of war of like grace in that of like, hey, you might be walking through some really hard things as you were st- stepping into this relationship or like talking and trying to mm-hmm. figure out where we are, because you haven't seen it modeled, or because you have dad issues that like guys have because they just their dads weren't like who they needed to be for them, mm-hmm. um, and so they're still trying to figure out how like they can they're questioning themselves. Can they really step into that kind of role? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't, they don't even believe about themselves. So there needs to be something that like they, the girl almost is like helping them go, Hey, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. I believe that you can step into this. I believe that you can be the guy that God wants you to be. And that's what Jordan did for me. That changed me. Like mm-hmm. without her saying that to me, I would not be the same today without really saying, Hey, God's best for you is to be a husband and, like to, to be a leader, she was having to tell me that. Now that's kind of weird because like, I, but I, but at the same time, like I did it, it's my, it was like my first big relationship. I didn't know like fully how that would play out, but I do think for girls to just step into like, Hey, there needs to be like a grace of, mm. you know, like this guy is wounded. This guy is dealing with something. Um, mm. and, and they need to just walk with them in that as well as knowing that like, they need to be the leader. And, and give them time for that. But I would just say, like, just extend grace to the guy that you're walking with because they are broken.
0: Yeah. And even as you're explaining that, I like I feel like there's this undertone of, like, the girl entering the conversation from a place of I'm better than or mm-hmm. I'm at a higher place spiritually. I'm more evolved or I've done more work. And like it's it's like we as a woman we're like looking for a guy to be perfect which in a sense is like I'm looking for you to be god like I'm looking for you to do it perfectly pursue me perfectly lead me perfectly and just as you're saying that I'm like aren't we all on the same playing field here yeah, like aren't yeah. isn't our, isn't like equal playing field like you're saying you know the person you're dealing with is a wounded person yeah. well so is so am i so is the girl and I think it's been interesting doing these interviews with all these different guys cuz something I'm seeing that I hadn't seen before is there's a lot of pride in these questions. Like there's I see hurt from a lot of women and I've asked a lot of these questions myself, but it just makes me wonder what would dating in Christian culture or just culture in general look like if we all came from the place of I have work to do Yes, and I'm hurt. You're hurt. (laughs) I blow it every day. I'm going to blow it with you. You're going to blow it with me as opposed to like one strike you're out. Cause that's what it feels like.
1: And that, well, that also like goes into your relationship, right? Because like, you're going to get in a relationship and that guy is going to do something that he doesn't want to do. Honestly, like whether that's like, if he looks at something online, or you know, there, there's, there's a chance there is always the chance that this, this person you're entering a relationship with is going to fail you or do something that feels so personal and like, like they've let you down or something. But if you can come around it, we're like, this is a lifelong process together. Like yeah. you're, you're moving towards the Lord and I'm moving towards the Lord. And that's the number one thing. Like we're, we we got to both be going in the same trajectory or like what's the point here like we're moving really in the same place and then side by side we're like helping each other like get there and i think that's really important to like remember that like that we are really we are all broken um, and 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 that you're just gonna have to like give that give and take walking through the relationship but i also one thing that you said that triggered something in my mind was i just the reason i think that it's really hard too is because we're not like that it's not easy to be vulnerable. And so both a guy and a girl to step into a relationship and you're getting to know this person and you're starting to like go deeper with like getting to hang with them and know them. Well, when it comes time for the vulnerable pieces to open up, like that's not an easy thing to do. But but so there, there could get to this point where it's like this rub of like, well, he's not doing what I want him to do and she's not doing what I want her to do. But I just am a firm believer that underneath that layer there's the level of vulnerability that if the first person decides to open up into that place, vulnerability creates vulnerability. So like if that one side opens, the other side opens and that's, that's the lifelong journey of marriage for, for Jordan and I is like, we're constantly getting to new layers of like being vulnerable and talking and, um, and it's awesome, but it doesn't, it, it, it takes years to get to that comfortable place where you, you feel safe to do that. Like you have to create this safe place it's tricky. You got to create this safe place where you're like, Hey, I'm a safe place for you. And we're creating a vulnerable space. And I'm opening up like Mm. your character has to show that you're not going to share that information with others. And, you know, it's just Mm. vulnerability is the key in a relationship, but it's also the question of how, how vulnerable do you get from the beginning? Like, you don't want to step on your first day and be like, so listen, I have some huge dad issues. Like, it's (laughs) like, you've got to like, that's just all wisdom and I but I think also that's where you, what I mentioned earlier community comes in talking to community, going hey like you know all this about me at what point do you think that this is good to share this piece or like kind of walking that with your guys or your girls and I think there's wisdom in that I think the like collectively you go okay there's there's some wisdom here of like when to share things
0: I want to pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just want to say I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady watching bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it, dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called six tips to activating your dating life with intention and clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there in honoring and, might I also say, fun ways. These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity, and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So hold up. If you're married or already in a relationship... Don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So whether you are married or you are a single girl ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly slash TRW dating. That's bit B-I-T slash TRW stands for the refined woman dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So, ladies, let's get out there, shake things up, and have fun. I am with you on the journey. When you earn your degree online at Arizona State University, you get everything the nation's most innovative university has to offer. The same internationally recognized faculty, the same nationally ranked programs, the same degree. Learn more at asuonline.asu.edu. a girl asked me last week and i have this private facebook group for single women and she said well you know i only i made a commitment when i was 16 to only date for marriage and like i so and so i was like so how much have you dated she's like i've never dated anyone mm. And it reminded me, I feel like I grew up, even though I didn't grow up in the church, I grew up in Texas, which was like very much so Christian culture. And when I became a Christian, it was very much like that mentality of like, I I remember when I was like 18, I was like, God, I'm not going to date another person until he, it's my husband. <laughs> and then I'm like, so then every single guy that looks my way, I'm like, is that my husband? He must be my husband. Right. Um And it just, what I hear in that is, I just feel like that's so much pressure. pressure. Like, even just like, when do I share? I mean, when do I share, hey, I have a broken past with my dad, or I've struggled with XYZ? Like, I feel like we don't put that pressure on our like platonic friendships or like girls to girls or I don't know what guy to guy friendships are but we just get to know each other and there's like not that yeah. pressure of like all right like what is your quiet time look like and how many books of the bible have you read yeah. and you know are your intentions to marry me if not then why are we having this very first coffee date and i'm like as a as a woman i can see i don't know what it's like in your church but a lot of what I hear in New York and the different women I've talked to is they're like, guys don't want to ask girls out in my church. And I'm like, well, no wonder (laughs) you're like, you're like, well, do you want to marry me? And and I'm like, well, how in the heck would you know that after one date you might, but I think maybe, I think that would probably be the exception, not the rule. Um, But just as you're talking about like how to be vulnerable, I just see this like pattern of like, it's like, we're, we're going to date one and it is like, you better know you're going to marry me. And I'm like, I just, I don't think that's working right, for us. Right. Like, yeah.
1: Cause it, it just, it, it's like, it's striving for that level of perfection from the top is so much pressure. It's like what you're saying. Like you, it, You're setting yourself up for failure over and over. If, if this level of perfection sits over, like hovers over a relation, any relationship. And mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't do you do you well, you know, and just that is you, you really can't do that. And I think like, I don't know, but I just feel like guys sometimes don't ask girls out because the reality is, is if you're going to get into a relationship, you got to like, you're going to start getting vulnerable. You're going to start like, opening mm-hmm. the door to some things in your life that you're not really proud of. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder how much like guys um, are are it's their safe place to not really step into those areas, you know? And so again, it's looking at people as broken humans versus like, you know, an arrogant or like, um, you don't think I'm attractive. You don't think that I'm that like like taking a step back. I think if we could get around more of the, Hey, we're all flawed and broken. And um, Mm -hmm. we're, we're all kind of hurting because the reality I'm a, I'm a pastor here and, and I meet with people all day long. I meet with guys all day long. Jordan meets with the girls. I meet with the guys. I don't yeah. meet just so mm. we are clear. <laughs> but, but it's not like I'm <laughs> having coffee dates with a bunch of girls. But I'm I'll, I'll <laughs> hanging with like that is everybody. When you get to the core of why everyone's acting the way they are, or the, what the the surface level issues are, it's so much deeper because everyone is broken and hurting, okay. um, and it's just a constant thing. Like. Every coffee, I can dig deep and get into like, oh, this is why you act this way. And same way in a relationship, like people don't, it's a scary thing to step in and go, I'm really gonna, like, oh, this person's gonna know a lot about me if we really go there, you know? Mm -hmm. It's intimidating thing.
0: And what do you think is, um, for guys at least, or just in your perspective with all the men that you meet with, I'm sure constantly, what do you feel like is their biggest fear in relationship? Were they afraid of being found out? Um, yeah. What, what do you think that is?
1: I think that there's still, I think a big thing is like for guys who are in a relationship, I think it's that it is that fear of like, um, can I be vulnerable with her? Can she handle like, if I tell her this about me and um, mm-hmm. you know, Jordan, and I also do a lot of premarital counseling with, younger couples. And as we're doing even that, like um, we're meeting with these people and you just hear constantly of just like, well, they don't know. Things come out in those meetings that, that they haven't. Mm. The person mm-hmm. yet. And like, you're like, you're, you're on the, like, you're getting married in months and you don't know this yet. Mm-hmm. Like, how come? And it, again, it's like, I don't know that that person could handle, like, if I were to say this. Well, the reality is, is when you get married, there is nothing off the table. Like it's all going to come out at some point, like anything from your past, any any of your, your, you know, your insecurities, any, any of those things will be laid on the table in marriage. Like you can't live with somebody 24 seven and like that not happen. So, um, I do think that guys have a hard time just opening that door up and going, Hey, these are the things that I struggle with because, and, and on the flip side, I think, it, it, they have a fear that there's not a safe place to do that. Like if, if a guy, says to a girl, Hey, I struggle with porn. Can a, is a girl going to that? like the guy's fear might be I, I, like, I, she, can she handle hearing that? Or is she going to personalize that and think that that's all about her not being enough? Mm-hmm. Or can she, is she going to be able to see like this has just been a struggle in my life like that I can't, that I fought because I saw something that was laying around our house when I was little or, you know, like, and that, that doesn't necessarily relate to her, but is she going to personalize that? And that's the safe place that I'm referring to over and over of just like both sides creating a safe place of like, Hey, you can share this with me and it may be hard for me. Like we don't need to negate that it's going to be hard, maybe hearing some things, but I'm, I want you to know, that I'm broken too, and we're going to work through this, and then like just letting those things not be personalized, and I think that's a hard mm-hmm. thing for um, with the guys that I'm hanging with, just talking to, and you know, trying to say, hey, like they're going to, everyone's going to find out about everything anyway. Like at some, point, that's going to come right. out, and it does you no good to hide in secrecy. But the problem is, we all walk into yeah. church and we act like we're perfect, and and, and that sure. is not how. I just don't. I just know the beauty on the other side of like not doing that and everyone going, Hey, here's who I really am. And like sharing that and letting the, the, as a church, like when we step in on a Sunday, then even for me as a worship leader, when I'm leading worship and I'm leading with these guys on stage or like seeing people in the crowd that I'm looking at, like it makes it every moment of a Sunday when we're worshiping together or whatever, like so much sweeter because we've gone to these new levels where we're like, "I don't know your story, like, and it's covered by grace just like my story is covered by grace like that's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing and but anyway yeah. i think that's a, a fear guys
0: so let's just talk about like the issue of porn then i can only imagine what that would be like to share like this like super painful yeah. struggle and what would you say to a woman who a a guy confesses, hey, like, this is something that is going on in my life. This is something I'm struggling with. Like, I think for so many women, that's like, oh, that's a deal breaker. Like, what would you say to look for in a guy to know, like, okay, is this, as a woman, is it safe for me to stay in this relationship? How do I know that he's trustworthy? Like, how do I know, um, like, how do I know it's safe to, to, go through in that because I can just see like what a a crap storm must come up in that conversation because of course a woman is gonna feel impacted by that and I have seen porn destroy marriages in my life or in my friends lives and because it wasn't brought up or it was brought up and then not dealt with and so like in marriage, you're saying nothing is off the table, but in dating, we're still trying to figure out like, is this person a person that I want to go through that yeah, stuff exactly. with?
1: I think that if a girl were to hear that first thing I'd want them, to, I would want to say, if I was sitting across the table from her, I'd want to say, this is not a personalized thing. This is not about, this is, this does, this doesn't really involve you. Because I think that that's a hard thing to swallow because you girls, I, I just my experience from hearing and counseling people. It's, it's the lie of the enemy instantly for for a girl to hear, I'm not good enough. I'm insecure. My body's not right. Like go through all of it, right? Every girl, that's just kind of like how the enemy hits them. It's like, you're not good enough. Well, that's not true. So first and foremost, don't listen to that. You are good enough. So that that's like first and foremost. But then in reference to what you're talking about with like um, how, what a girl looks for, I think that's very important. But then on the other side, I would um, – also want to caution a girl. The things to look for that I would say are, does that guy have great friendships around him that you are you are seeing those guys push him closer to Christ and pushing him in that issue and pushing it like that you actually see him talking to them about it and, um, and really fighting over it, you know, if it's going to counseling for it, if it's um, meeting with an older man who might be a mentor of that guy's um, and, and, and that girl needs to know those things like that if she doesn't mm. see that in him that's a really good indication of what her life might look like with this person if he's willing to like fight through the hard things or if he's not so it's a great warning sign to a girl if he's not meeting and have that, have that, has that community around him and then I also like especially like just on the issue with porn like I look at our sins a lot like you know we, we really like to say like al- like alcohol or like alcoholic would be like that's like this big sin thing, but the thing that it, it, but the thing about that is like you know sobriety periods get longer and longer in between, and that's those. Are mm. And for me, I look at like a lot of like guys' struggles, including porn, and go: Is it if they're um, if the victories are longer and longer, you know, if it's uh, if it, if it used to be the guy you know says, "Hey, I look at it all the time," and then mm. it's been six months and I I had a slip up. That that's, that to me is a victory and sobriety of like what he's moving towards. And then it becomes like, you know, and that's not a, that is in no way an excuse that it's okay. Or you should expect that, Oh, that guy's going to look at it again. You know? But, I, but mm-hmm. I do say that in saying, if you're looking for signs of like, how do you, you know, this guy, this is his, his struggle. What are the signs that I can move closer in with him and believe that he's changing and that he's working on it is I think those are signs mm-hmm. Like there's longer sobriety periods from it, uh, that he's got really great community around him and that he's willing to talk through it and really fight for holiness in his life. Because if you don't want to fight in that area and he just keeps saying, Hey, I did it again. You know? And you're like, who are you talking to? No one. Are you like, when was last week? Well, it was like two weeks ago. I did it. Like, that's just an undisciplined person who that trickles into every other area of their life. Like if they're not disciplined, you don't want them. Like every, Every guy needs to be a disciplined person in every area of their life. and um, that that just shows that they're fighting for something greater.
0: That's really wise and I think really helpful just to hear like some specific things to like for a girl listen to this to hang their hat on. I mean, I think I don't know what people are gonna think when I say this. I used to think a long time ago like porn was like the unforgivable sin or infidelity, this unforgivable sin. And the older I get, the more—not that I want—I'm not saying, like, these things are okay or sin is okay, infidelity is okay, addiction is okay. I really don't think that. But I can see how if you get disconnected from the Lord, you get disconnected from yourself, disconnected from community, like, and then you get in the perfect recipe for, like, you're isolated, whatever. I'm like, yeah— Like I see mistakes being, of course, a mistake is going to be made, and it's not like if the mistake is going to be made, whether that's like gossip, whether it's slander, whether it's like addiction. Like I think it's what we do Mm -hmm. when we fall, and I don't want to minimize the pain that stuff like addiction causes on to all parties and all people involved, but. Yeah, I just wonder like what would it be if it if we like looked at okay, what's the posture of that person's heart when it right. happens? Because their heart broken. Are they seeking wholeness? And I mean, just like what you're saying, like, is that person willing to fight for holiness in their life? And I think that even when you said, when you're saying that, I feel like this a theme that is coming out in this conversation is like now when we look at it like that, it's like again, once again, we're like on this equal playing field. Yes. Like here we are, two broken yes. people um, trying to navigate this. Yeah. And is it safe to navigate right. it together? Yeah,
1: for sure. And that just takes time to learn that person, to learn their friends, to learn, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a firm believer that when you're dating somebody, you're not just dating them, you're dating their family, their friends. Like you're looking around going, "Is this is this a really healthy, safe place that I see that I could step into? So
0: just kind of wrapping up here, Jeff, if you had one word of wisdom, encouragement, advice to a woman listening to this that feels discouraged about dating and feels even maybe hopeless about dating in Christian culture? What would you say to her?
1: I would want that girl to hear, first and foremost, that she should not settle because she is worth it. She is absolutely perfect the way that God has made her and all of her flaws and everything. So it is not i would want her to know that she does not need to bring some jerk into her life that's just to have a guy in life mm. i would want her to strive for hey yes it it is some I, I want a guy who is fighting for me and loving me and that girl is worth that so that's the first thing i'd want to say to her and then i'd want to say hey also remember that you are flawed and so is the guy that you are interested in or dating or you know engaged to. And as you are learning more and more of those flaws that God's grace for, for you covers everything on you and it also covers that other person. and you can't be their God. you cannot be the Holy Spirit for them. you cannot them over their sin. You can pray that God would do that, but you can't do that for them. And so you need to step back and where you might be tend to, you know, tend to like lean in and go, Hey, did you, are you doing this, this, and this, that just might seem come off like nagging to the guy. And what you need to do is get on your knees and pray for that guy. If you're really that interested in in him and believe that God can change him, and that God would do holy, the Holy Spirit would convict him in the areas that you see he needs conviction. And maybe don't call those out, but maybe just ask the Holy Spirit to do that. Then when you see that happen, it makes it so much sweeter when you see God change him. And you know it's the Lord changing him. And it's not you changing that person because you modifying his behaviors, going into a a lifelong commitment together is not going to be the thing that lasts. The thing that lasts is God changing that person from the inside out. And that's what you really want. And and you know that that's what you really, really want. And so don't settle for the temporary fix, but go for like the guy who's actually going to do the lifelong commitment. And, and pray for him and believe that God had, can do that miracle in his life. And I think that's the sweetness of a relationship.
0: Ah, that's so good. So encouraging, Jeff. Yeah. Well, thank thank you. you so much for just sharing your heart, sharing your story with Jordan. And yeah, yeah opening up just some really, I feel like such practical insight. So Thank you so much. Cause sometimes we can like talk a lot about theory yeah. and then I walk away from conversations. So I'm like, but what can I hang my hat on? And I feel like yeah. there's so much, yeah. there's so many like good takeaways here. So, good. um, no so thank you. Yeah. Um, before we hop off, is there a way that people can follow along with what you're up to your ministry, yeah. like your church, all those good things.
1: Instagram is Basically the main thing that, um, instagram jeff e johnson it looks like Hefe johnson but it's jeff e johnson on instagram <laughs> i think that that's like we want to see our life our family our kids our uh everything that we do that's uh that's the best place for for me
0: great great yeah. well thank you again and we'll chat soon
1: awesome that sounds great thanks okay. Kat.
0: all right bye Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I want you to know that this project of mine is such a labor of love and it wouldn't be possible without you, without your support, without your encouragement, without your feedback. So if you have a minute and you are enjoying this podcast, if you are an avid follower, or maybe this is the first episode you're listening to and you loved it, go to iTunes. Search the Refined Collective podcast and subscribe. And if you're feeling even some extra love, I would love to ask you to write a review for us. Now, this helps us get to more eyes, to get to more people. It kind of acts as like an SEO for podcasts. So if you have a minute, go find us on iTunes or on your podcast app, search the Refined Collective, subscribe and rate and review us. It would mean the world to us. Next, if you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about and I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.